Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the Bliss Goddess Podcast. I am your host, Shanice Jones, and we are back today on this beautiful Saturday morning with episode five, an episode that was not really on the schedule. This is definitely an impromptu episode. This wasn't the episode that I originally had planned for my next episode, but because social media has been in shambles for the past couple days and weeks, honestly, I decided to come on here and do this um, episode and just talk about and give my opinions and thoughts about different things that have been going on. If you are new here, if this is your first episode that you're listening to, welcome to the Bliss Goddess Podcast. If you're listening to us on Beaker, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, and if you are a returning, uh, if you are a returning listener, then thank you so much for joining me again today. So, like I said, this is an impromptu episode. Um, I wanted to do this episode to give my thoughts and opinions about different topics, hot topics that have been going on for the past couple of days and weeks regarding the Olympics. The Olympics have been the topic of discussion for a while, for the past couple of weeks, and we haven't even made it to Tokyo yet. But there's already a lot of drama and, you know, disappointment when it comes to certain um, rules and regulations that they have had or decisions that they have made regarding the Tokyo Olympics. And so I thought, why not come in here and talk about those things? So on my podcast, this podcast is a podcast where we talk about a variety of topics. We don't stay in one little nutshell and just talk about, you know, numbers and different things like that. I like to branch out and talk about different hot topics that there are and give my thoughts and opinions. But I also like to give, um, you know, information that could better help my listeners. And also I want to provide you all with the facts. And that is what this podcast is going to be about. I'm going to be providing you all with the facts along with going ahead and giving my thoughts and opinions, because as we all know, there's a lot of talking going on, but there are a lot of misinformation that's being put out there and although your opinion is your opinion you can't necessarily make a valid opinion if you not have the right facts to a certain topic so before we give our thoughts and opinions today on this show i'm gonna go ahead and give you all the facts as well and once the facts are laid out there then we're gonna go ahead and branch off into my thoughts and my opinions about everything that has been going on so the first topic at hand that I want to discuss is the decision regarding the Olympics, or let me say the headline that um, broadcasted that the Olympics has banned Black Lives Matter gear during the Tokyo Games. Um, this is something that has been floating around social media, and it has been, you know, people have been giving their opinions about it, but... The headlines, of course, don't give you all the information or all the context needed to um, understand why it is that they have made the decision they made. And so when people usually read headlines, that's that's the only thing they read. They don't necessarily click on the news story to get the rest of the information. So I'm going to give you all the information. So the topic of the Olympus banning Black Lives Matter has had social media in the uproar. For some reason, I can't understand because people are feeling like 
Black Lives Matter is being put into this category of being like this violent protest or it's not getting the recognition that it deserved by high, higher, you know, higher end people or higher end corporations or anything like that. People are feeling like Black Lives Matter is being pushed off to the side and it's being labeled as something that it's not. I totally understand that part. So when this story first came out, people assumed, I'm not sure where it came from, but people assumed that this was something that Tokyo had done. People assumed that Tokyo were the ones that were banning Black Lives Matter gear or protesting or anything like that. However, that is not true. This is something that was decided by the Olympic Charter or and the International Olympic Committee. And this is something that has been in place for years. This is not a rule that has just started because of Black Lives Matter or, or in 2021. This is something that dates back to the 1950s. The IOC has always had a rule that athletes cannot participate in any acts of protest or acts of solidarity at the games. That's how it has always been. Not only that, this rule does not specifically target Black Lives Matter. This rule applies to all countries, no matter what country you're from. If you are supporting an organization or a group, you cannot act in protest or solidarity during the Olympic Games. So this is a rule that was um, made by the Olympic Charter. And the name of the rule is Rule 50. And I'm going to read to you all very quickly what Rule 50 states. So Rule 50 states, no form of advertising or other publicity shall be allowed in Olympic sites. Part 2 of the guidelines also directly prohibits demonstration or political, religious, or racial propaganda in Olympic venues. So furthermore, this rule was not targeted to specifically call out Black Lives Matter. This is something that all athletes, no matter what country they are from, have to abide by. This is not, once again, this is not a rule that specifically target Black Lives Matter. And that is what was taken in context when people saw the headlines about them banning Black Lives Matter gear. I'm not sure how Black Lives Matter even came up into the issue, into the conversation or how it was specifically named in the headlines. I'm guessing because that is what is really being talked about right now. So they use Black Lives Matter for their headlines. That's the only thing I can think of. Now, to kind of give a little bit more context to Rule 50. Rule 50 goes back, like I said, for years. And although this is a rule that has been in place, you can actually research and find this rule in every single um, context that the Olympics Charter puts out before the games. They always have this rule there. However, even though the rule is there, that doesn't mean people are going to follow and listen to it. There has been times where athletes have ignored the rule and they still acted in protest and in solidarity. We all are familiar with the infamous photo of the two track runners, John Carlos and Tommy Smith, where they had their fist in the air. They each wore one black glove. They had on Afrocentric beads. And they also had on black socks. They stood on the podium and they put one fist in the air. That there was an example of them 
not not abiding by the rule that the Olympics had and still went on to pro to protest and act in solidarity for everything that was going on. That happened in 1968. And more recently in 2019, hammer thrower Gwen, Gwen Berry, she also raised the fist in 2019 during the 2019 Pan American Games. And she recently also just did it at the Olympic trials and um, Eugene back on June 24th. So athletes are still going to do what it is they want to do. And I believe they have the right to do what it is they want to do. But before we can speak on and give our opinions, we have to know the fact. We have to know that Black Lives Matter was not specifically targeted with this rule. This is something, like I've been saying, that's been in place for 60 plus years. So my thoughts and opinions about this. Um, I do not agree with this rule. Um, I do not agree with this rule because we have something that's called the First Amendment, freedom of speech, freedom of protest. Yes, I understand, you know, the Olympics is something, you know, where it may not, certain amendments and certain rules do not apply to everyone because there are so many people from like so many different countries. So yes, in the United States, we have that rule, but also I feel like they cannot, I don't see how they can tell someone who's trying to bring awareness to a certain situation or a certain issue that they cannot bring awareness to the issue. Um, I feel like athletes are have some of the most powerful voices in the world because so many people look up to athletes, so many people admire them. So if athletes have one of the biggest voices that's needed to bring awareness to an issue, why not let them bring awareness to that issue? I do think that they should be able to wear, I do think that United States should be able to wear Black Lives Matter gear, just like any other country, whether it's Russia, Jamaica, the Bahamas, Canada, or Ukraine, or anywhere else, whatever issues they have going on in their country, I feel like they should also be able to bring awareness to that issue. And my my stance on it is more of bringing an awareness to the issue because we do not know everything that's going on in other countries. We only know what's going on in our country. And the reason that we don't know what's going on in, in other countries is because we don't live in those countries. So why not have these athletes from around the world educate us on what's going on? I feel like as long as it's not anything that is racial or anything that's causing violence or anything that is explicit, I feel like if it is an issue that has meaning to it, that people are wanting change for, I feel like it should be able to be um, executed and, you know, talked about in the Olympics. And not only that, it's 2021. This it, And not even though this should have never been the rule in the first place, but times are changing. The people that are attending these Olympics – they're changing. They're not the same athletes that they were in the 1960s. This is a new generation of athletes. This is a generation of athletes that's wanting change, that's fighting for change. So therefore, they should be able to express how it is that they feel about what's going on in their country. And so I feel like the United States should be able to do that and also other countries. And I know it sometimes can be difficult because the freedom that we have here in the United States, other countries do not have that freedom. But I feel like that also could be a way for the Olympics to 
give those countries who don't have their freedom the the ability to actually express themselves because maybe they can't express themselves from the country they're from. So if they're moving to a different country and they're under the Olympics umbrella, they can use that time to express what's going on and educate everyone in the world about what's going on. So I do think the Olympics have a lot of like thinking to do. I think there's a lot of change that needs to happen with the Olympics. Um, I'm going to get into more detail about that a little bit later, but I just want to give you all the facts regarding the Black Lives Matter um, gear band ban and making sure you all understand that this isn't something that was specifically targeted for Black Lives Matter. This is something that no country can do, this, nor support group or anything, organization can have this. So I just want to make sure that I give you all the facts when it comes to that. So moving on, there was a another headline that came out, I believe it was yesterday or Thursday. And it was regarding the Olympics and swimming. And the headline read, swim caps from black owned brand sold cap barred from use at Tokyo Olympics. That was one headline. There was other headlines that said Afro caps banned from the Olympics. Now, the one about the Afro caps, that's the one that got the most attention. Um, that's the one that people saw and ran with it. Once again, didn't have all the information about what was going on. But that was the headline that was taken in a way out of context. And people just started giving their opinions based on that particular um headline so basically what happened was socal which is a black owned company from the uk they put in their application to have their line of swim caps used in the olympics but their application got rejected the international swimming federation rejected their application because they said that the caps do not follow the natural shape of the head I'm not sure what that means, but that's what they said. Um, so they, their um, application was rejected in July of 2020. So right last year when the um, Tokyo Games were actually supposed to happen. And the reason that SoCalps wanted their caps to be used was because they have a UK swimmer who actually made it to the Olympics and will be swimming in Tokyo. And she's also an ambassador for SoCalps. So they wanted her to wear their company's swimming caps. But because their um, application was rejected, they wasn't, she's not going to be able to wear their swim caps. So for them to use the words like band and all that, I don't really sometimes like the word band. Because I feel like band makes it sound worse than what it is, if that makes sense. Um... The application was rejected. So let's just make that clear. This is was one company who put in the application to have their products used, and the application was rejected. Not all Afro caps were rejected by the Olympics. It was this one company's application that was rejected, and unfortunately, their caps cannot be used. So let's get that fact out there. Now, as far as my thoughts about 
this i'm 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 a little bit confused i'm a little bit confused because what do they mean they um application didn't follow the natural shape of the head we all have different shapes our heads are all different shapes no matter if you're black white black blue brown purple green you're not gonna have the same shape hair as someone that you do not know or you may not even have the same shape head as someone in your family like everybody head has a different shape and so for them to deny the application because of that we need a little bit more context about what what do they mean i'm not too familiar with the swimming federation i'm not too familiar with swimming camps i don't know if there's supposed to be a certain diameter that the cap is supposed to be i'm not sure about all that but if you're going to deny someone application, do you need to have a little bit more context about why it is their application was denied? Um, as I researched this, SoCal did not really give too much information. I don't even know if they received too much information regarding why exactly or what exactly was meant by the natural shape of the head not being correct or whatever. And also the Swimming Federation did not really go into detail either about that. So I just think that with swimming, swimming has always been categorized to pick one demographic. But since we had Simone Manuel make the Olympics and win a gold medal in 2016, more and more people of color are beginning to swim. And sometimes depending on that person's, you know, heritage or different things like that, they may have a different hairstyle, like an Afro, like locks, like curly hair, or, you know, anything like that, to where the normal caps that wasn't really made for people of color may not fit their hair texture or their hair type. So that's where soul cap came into play. And so I believe that the Swimming Federation needs to understand that your sport is changing a little bit. And it's the reason, and because your sport is changing, you all need to change some things as well. You don't have just one demographic competing in your sport anymore. Your sport is now being competed by people that comes from different demographics. And so you cannot continue to place these people in a bubble to where you're so used to of how you think that, you know, people who swim may look. It's time for y'all to expand that bubble. And it's time for y'all to understand that there are going to be people who do not look like your normal people that usually swim that's that's going to start continue to compete in swimming so you need to open up your guidelines you need to open up to who you allow to um allow to um you know bring in or you know be able to have people for what for people to you know wear swimming caps or what type of swimming caps they need to open up and expand and understand that times are changing things are changing they need to give these companies the black owned companies or anyone who's trying to make a product for a certain texture of hair they need to change their guidelines so that those people can send out their applications that their applications can be approved and so that these people of color who are swimmers are able to have something on their head while they're swimming that fits their hair texture and that's comfortable for them and also protects their hair from damage from the chlorine because that's what soul caps 
cap did. It protected uh, swimmers' hair from like chlorine damage and everything because we all know the different type of hair textures isn't going to be the same as what they're used to. Um, those people do not necessarily probably get chlorine damage, but because these people have a different texture of hair, a different grade of hair, they have locks, they have a curly hair or braids or afro, their chlorine may actually damage their hair. And that's what the Swimming Federation needs to understand. And that's what they need to go back to the drawing board and understand that their sport is becoming more broader now to people of different races. And I think that the reason that they gave Soul Cap was bogus. Um, it was just bogus, in my opinion. Um, I really wish I could find more information regarding that. I'm going to keep up with this story because I just don't, that don't make no sense to me. But I do just have to give you all the facts about what it was that started this conversation and that it was one company that um, put in an application and it was rejected. It was just one company. It wasn't all Afro caps. This is a story of one company and their um, issues that they have had with the Swimming Federation. So I just want to put that out there and talk to you all about that. So this weekend was also a lot of talk about suspensions and different things like that. A lot of, um, not a lot, but a couple of track athletes were handed suspensions and bans. And so before I start talking about the main event, I'm going to speak a little bit about Brianna Rollins McNeil. Um, yesterday, she did lose her appeal. And she's now banned from the sport for five years. So if you do not know who Brianna McNeil is, she's a hurtler. Um, she is the 2016 Olympic champion in the 100-meter um, hurdles. So she was a part of that group with the U.S. that swept the hurdles competition. She won first place. Nia Ali won second place. And Christy Castling won third place. So I don't know if y'all remember that, but they were the ones who swept the competition and the hurdles. So Brianna, in January of 2021, Brianna was handed a suspension for five years because she missed a um, drug test. She missed a drug test, and when the um, the agency came to her house, she did not open her door to take the test as well. So that is what um that is where her suspension came from. She missed drug tests from January 2020. So because of that, she was banned and suspended for five years. So at the moment, uh Rollins, she was going to appeal her suspension because she was like, I had a reason that I'm um appealing this decision. And it's not and it's not fair and it's not right, so I'm going to appeal it. So in track and field, if you are handed a suspension, why and you decide to appeal it, the agency can decide to let you continue to compete while you are going through the appeal process. So that is why Brianna was able to run at the Olympic trials. She did come in second at the Olympic trials and she was on her way to Tokyo. Unfortunately, her appeal was yesterday and they upheld her suspension. 
So now she's banned for, from the sport for five years. Brianna is currently 29 years old. I think she turns 30 in a couple months. So by the time she's able to come back, she will be 35 years old. So this is the potentially the end of her career. And this is potentially um, the last time we may see her ever run in the Olympics because, or any world championships because she's also banned from the 2024 Paris Olympics. So we will have a new Olympic champion in the 100-meter hurdles this year. Um, and unfortunately, Brianna won't be able to compete for her um, title again. So Brianna's reasoning for missing those drug tests was because she um, had went through a, um, a, a situation where she um, had gotten an abortion. She had gotten an abortion, and she said that the drug test um, had came about two days after she had her abortion. And she said that she was not in the mental capacity or the physical capacity to deal with anything or to take any form of a test. She just needed some time to herself because her mental just wasn't where she needed to be. She just had this traumatic experience. And, you know, sometimes when you go through different things or when people go through different things, everybody handles, you know, a situation differently. So she just wasn't up to doing that. So I'm going to read what um, Brianna had wrote yesterday. So, quote, I sat through two hearings, one held April 2021 and July 2021, and listened to white European men tell me how my experience doesn't match with their perspective. They criticized me and overly judged my decision-making, completely ignored the fact that I was under physical and mental trauma after undergoing an abortion, and that I was not in the right mental capacity when making certain decisions. They never expressed any sympathy with my situation. At the second hearing, they even brought in clinical psychiatrists to undermine my mental health. I watched them try to discredit the doctor we used to testify about abortion stigma, I couldn't stop thinking to myself, how could these men tell me what type of experience I should have had? How can these men tell me who have never in a million years be in my shoes, tell me anything I should be going through? So instead of being met with some sort of compassion and understanding, I was being interrogated and stigmatized, end quote. Brianna also went on to say, and I quote, I am a clean athlete. Never have I ever taken any banned sub- substance, but I am being treated like one of the worst dopers out there. To be clear, I have been tested no less than 70 times, including three days after this missed test and at the Olympic trials, and I have never tested positive. I am being excommunicated from the sport as if I was shooting up drugs my entire career. My peers and I know how screwed up and fault the system is, and this goes below the belt. Where are the people that are supposed to protect the athletes that are doing things right and find themselves in human mistakes? I don't like to take it here, but I can't help but wonder if I was a white woman or a European, would I have been met with some sort of consideration? End quote. So my thoughts about this. Um, 
I do. Her punishment is very harsh. Um, her punishment is very harsh. Five years. She um has never tested positive for any banned substance. But I do believe that the Olympus had it out for her because Rollins was suspended back in 2017 for a year because she um, missed three tests back in 2016 after the Rio Olympics. So because she missed those three tests, they suspended her for a year, and she also missed out on the world championships that year. And so I feel like because she has she had those three missed tests, when she missed these tests again, I feel like they used that as leverage to give her the band that they gave her. Um, five years is a long time, in my opinion, to ban someone who never tested positive for a banned substance. Some people may have the argument, well, what if she knew she was going to test positive and that's why she decided to miss the test. I mean, that is an argument. I don't know. I'm not her. So I don't know what it was she did or what it was she didn't do. She says she didn't do it, but I wasn't there. So I don't know. But I feel like five years is harsh. Um, but I do think the Olympus just, I think the Olympus definitely had it out for her because they feel like they gave her a warning the first time. And that when she missed those three tests and they gave her one year. So when she missed those, the other tests, and when they came to her house and she missed that test, they was like, okay, well, you want to continue to do this? Then we're just going to go ahead and give you this five-year ban. Um, when you think of like fire bans, you think of people who actually tested positive for um a banned substance, not someone who missed the test. But I'm not sure what the Olympics got going on over there, or what the agencies are doing over there, and it's just just not even the Olympics. I'm sorry, like this is the U.S. drugs, um, the U.S. anti agency. So this is them, the U.S. anti drug agency. So these are like for athletes who run for the U.S. These are the people who come in and test them. So I'm not sure what they got going on, but I do think they are punishing her because they gave her a, a kind of like a pass the last time and just giving her a year. So that's what I think that they're doing for her um, suspension. I do think five years is a little bit harsh, and I don't really agree with that. And also what I don't agree with and what I'm technically kind of over, I'm tired of men telling women what to do with their bodies. I'm telling I'm tired of men telling women how they should feel. I'm kind I'm tired of men telling women that their mental health or their physical health isn't important or it's overlooked or it's not taken seriously. I'm tired of men telling women what it is they can and cannot do or telling a woman how she feel or should not feel. I am tired of that. I do not agree with this all-male, this all-European male panel that they had against her. I don't agree with that. Time to changing. It's time to um, diverse up your panel. I don't agree with the all-European male panel going against this black woman. I do not agree with that. It's time for it's time for things to change. Times are changing. 
Um, it's time for our black athletes to get their voices heard. It's time for our black athletes to have people there that's going to be support them. And we're not just saying like if they're wrong, they're wrong. Yes, we understand that. But it's time to have someone there who can understand. We should not be having an all-European male panel in 2021. We should not. The U.S. needs to switch that up. They need to go back to the drawing boards and figure that out. Because to me, that's unacceptable. It's unacceptable for men to sit here and tell this woman what it is that she couldn't do or how it, how it was that she was supposed to feel. So while they need to definitely get that under, under wraps, they need to get that situated, they need to fix that because I do not agree with these men telling this woman that. Um, as an athlete, athletes do have a job to do. Athletes do know that they have to take drug tests. They do know that they have to, you know, do certain things as an athlete. And if they miss a drug test, they do know that there's consequences for doing that. And I agree with that. You know, rules are rules. But I do not agree with the five-year ban. Um, I, Like I said, though, I think they targeted her because they already gave her a, somewhat of a pass the last time. So I don't agree with that, especially since she has never tested positive for anything that was banned. But I think this is her story is going to go beyond her missing a test. Her story is going to bring awareness to the U.S. anti-agency that they need to change up their panel. It's time to diversify your panel. It's time to stop living in the past and stop living in your stuck ways and actually live in the time that we are currently in. And if we want to be real, most of your athletes are people of color. So you need to have people there that are people of color. That's all I got to say about that. So finally, let's talk about Shakari Richardson. So yesterday, well, Thursday night, it came out that Shakari had tested, had failed a drug test, and she could potentially miss the Tokyo Olympics. But Friday morning, it was then revealed that she had tested positive for marijuana and that she will be handed a 30-day suspension. So this was news to all of us. However, this is something that Shakari was already aware of, I'm sure. Um, this is something that she had already come to terms with and something that she had already took accountability for. But because, you know, everyone was talking about it, she had no choice but to come out and clear her name. So Shakari um, tested positive for marijuana. She went on Good Morning America, I believe, or the Today Show. I think it was the Today Show. She went on the Today Show to speak about what happened and kind of clear her name and clear why it was that she did what she did. She said that she had found out, you know, that her biological mother had passed away and she had used marijuana as a coping mechanism in order to, you know, get through the times. So she... Had to take a drug test. It came back positive that she had marijuana in her system. Therefore, marijuana is a banned substance in the Olympics. So, therefore, she has to serve a suspension. 
Although marijuana is not considered, and she acknowledged that the drug is not used for performing enhancing purposes, it's still a banned substance. Athletes cannot have marijuana in their system while they are competing. Now let's go to the facts. Because there's a lot of people on social media. It's just marijuana. It's just marijuana. It's just marijuana. It's not that serious. It's not anything else. It's not performance enhancing. It can't make you run faster, this and that. And yes, that's true. It's just marijuana. However, Olympians cannot smoke marijuana during competition. And another fact is that Olympians can smoke marijuana before or after competition, but they cannot smoke during competition. You cannot smoke. And say, for instance, that you smoke before you get there. You can smoke, but you have to have 150 nanograms per milliliter of marijuana or cannabis in your system. And that is a huge jump because it used to be 15 nanograms. So they went from 15 to 150. So just like, say, for instance, if you were smoking and then you go to competition, your smoking levels have to be 150 milligrams milliliters so it has to be 150 so my assumption is that she did smoke and she uh had two she had over the 150 but because she only received a month suspension my thing is that i don't think she had that much of um marijuana in her system so that just killed that false narrative or false information about, you know, well, while y'all making all this fuss about her, it's just marijuana, and they're acting like it was something else. Like, but at the end of the day, rules are rules. She can only have a certain amount of marijuana in her system. And yes, as an Olympian, you can smoke. There are Olympians who do smoke, but they do not smoke during competition. And people are saying, well, why not the Olympics go into and follow suit that what the pro leagues are doing, like NFL or the NBA? I mean, they should, you know, kind of reconsider things that they have. But at the end of the day, I think the Olympics are just stuck in their ways and that they're going to be stuck in their ways for a minute. So let's talk about also why the um, marijuana is still prohibited. So according to the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency, for something to be added to the prohibited list, it must, meet, it must meet two of the three inclusion criteria. It either poses a health risk to athletes, it has the potential to enhance performance, or it violates the spirit of sports. So although they have increased the threshold for a positive test, it has not taken com- marijuana completely off the list because, according to the WADA and the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency, they believe that marijuana fits the criteria of one of the inclusions I just uh, read to you all. So that is why marijuana is still on the ban list. But they did increase the threshold for how much marijuana an athlete can't have. So, Shakari has to have had over that 150 deaths allowed. 
So this was something that was recently changed in 2013. So 2013 is when they changed it from 15 nanograms to 150 nanograms. And so once the story came about, once, you know, people on social media giving their opinions, they gave, they brought Michael Phelps into this because we all know Michael Phelps smokes marijuana. And they were saying, well, if y'all let Michael Phelps continue to um, participate in the Olympics, why can't Shakari? So let me just throw these facts out to y'all right now. Because, you know, I hate when things happen to one person, people bring up another person and try to compare their stories. But nobody's story is going to be the same. So Michael Phelps was pictured smoking marijuana of a bond in 2009, six months after the 2008 Beijing Olympics. Because he was caught smoking marijuana, they did try to strip him of his gold medals that he won in Beijing. They did crucify this man, act like he was just doing harder drugs. He did get a lot of heat. He did get suspended by the Swimming Association for three months. He also They also withheld his payment from him, so he was not getting paid. And he did lose his Kellogg's deal. So Michael Phelps actually got it worse than Shakari. And back then, marijuana wasn't even legal in half of the states or even any states than it is now. So back then, marijuana was looked at as a bad thing and this illegal thing, not only by the Olympics, but like by everyone. So he did get a harsher punishment than Shakari, if we're being real and honest. But the thing is, their stories are different. Michael Phelps has, has never tested positive for marijuana. Michael Phelps did not was not able to, he did not get banned from the Olympics because it was not Olympic season. The Olympics was in 2008, but in 2008, he did not test positive for marijuana. So that's why they couldn't take his medals. So the next time he went to go compete, it was in 2012. And so he did get caught and he served a suspension for three months. And people were saying, well, he was able to compete in the 2019 World Championships. Yes, he was. Just like Shakari will be able to compete in the 4x1 relay. And she will be able to compete if she makes the team in the 2022 World Championships. This is not the end of Shakari's career. This is not the last track event there is on Earth. This is not the last Olympics. Shakari is only 21 years old. Shakari has a long career ahead of her. She has about a good four or five Olympics left in her if her career goes the way that we are expecting it to go. She has world championships. She has so much more to do in her career that people need to stop acting like this is the end of her career because it's not. Her career hasn't even started, if we're being real. And while I'm on the subject of, you know, the Olympics and the 4 by one because people were saying, oh, she can't run by herself, but she can run for the team. What we're not going to do is we're not going to act like the 4 by one is not one of the biggest events at the Olympics. Yes, people watch the 100-meter races, yeah, but the, the 100 meters over so fast, it's over like at nine seconds. But we're not going to act like the 4 by one isn't the event that people are looking forward to. Jamaica versus the U.S. 
People are not going to act like people don't watch the Olympics to see who's about to win that relay. People are not going to act like the U.S. just broke the record in 2012 in the 4 by one relay. So that is definitely an event that people are looking forward to. Some people may be looking forward to that even more than they are looking forward to the 100 meters. So we're not going to downplay and act like the relay isn't one of the best events at the Olympics. The relays are the events at the Olympics, if we're being real. And that's come from someone who's been watching the Olympics since like 2000. A lot of people that's talking are people who have never watched a single Olympics games or a single world championships or a single sporting event. And they just have opinions about things they don't know what they're talking about. But we're not going to downplay the relays. That's what we're not going to do. But back to Shakira. So Shakira was getting a lot of heat. People was like, you know, she should still run. Let her run. Let her run. It's just marijuana. I do not agree with that. I agree that as an athlete, you know what it is that you are supposed to do. You know that you're going to be tested. And she even admitted that she knew what she was doing and she knew that she was not supposed to be doing it. So if she can accept the fact what she did was wrong, I'm not sure why everyone else can't. And that goes to like regular people and celebrities. She already took accountability for what she did and she's okay with what she did. She accepted her suspension and she accepted the fact that she cannot run in 100 meters, but she will maybe able to run in the relays because there's no doubt they're not putting her on that team. They want to win. She's going to make that team. So if she can accept the fact, I'm not sure why other people can't accept the fact that she that she knew she was wrong. I don't care if it was just marijuana. At the end of the day, rules are rules. That's just like for us as people who aren't celebrities or athletes. If we try to go on a job and they try to drug test us and we fail, we're not going to get that job or we're going to get fired. It's the same thing. She's just making more money than we are. But it's the same thing. The same rules apply. And it's just that I don't think I'm not going to hold this against her head and make it seem like she's not this fantastic athlete because I first found out about Shakira. I think she was in high school. I came across um, a track meet of people talking about her. And then I saw that she was signing to LSU and I saw her, you know, some of her meets there. Then I seen that she went pro. So I'm very, a little bit familiar with who she is. A lot of people that's talking aren't really familiar with who she is. So it's like, that's how you kind of know because people who don't really know about her, they act like this is like the end of the world for her. But it's not. Like, this young lady has a whole career. She has the opportunity to break Flojo records. And she may break Flojo's records. And I just think that it was a minor setback. She took accountability for what she did. I am disappointed that she... You know, she did, you know, mess up this opportunity because I was really looking forward to her running against Shelly and Frazier Price. Um, I I was disappointed, but she don't know me, so she don't care about my disappointment. She don't she don't need my disappointment. Like she don't know me. But I was, you know, disappointed that she made a selfish decision. But I'm not going to hold it over her head like this is the end of her career. No, I'm still gonna root and support her in the relay and next year in the 2022 world championships where she may be able to compete if she makes a team to become the fastest woman in the world so there are other things going on and I just also want to know you know like who allowed this to happen like the people around her how did they allow this to happen I'm not sure you know I wasn't there so I don't know if she did it without them knowing but 
I really, you know, hope that they look out for her more because I don't want to see her career go to a point that it doesn't need to go over something, you know, like marijuana. Um, Because, like I said, Olympians can smoke marijuana, but I don't need it to be where she's, like, getting caught with it again during competition. And they crucify her for it, like, and act like it's a heavier drug. And I just I just try to avoid that for her. I just want to avoid that because I don't want to see her go down that route. Um, so yeah, that's all I have to say about Shakari. Um, this isn't the end of her career. She's gonna do great things in her career. Like people are, you know, a little bit iffy about why she got, you know, in trouble for it and try to compare her story to Michael Phelps' story. And I've seen that they tried to compare her story to another um Olympian who was doing steroids, but that's like I said, two stories totally different. People did not have all the facts when it comes to certain things. They just talk when they see things, but they don't do the research to have a valid opinion. And that's why sometimes people's opinions become ignorant. And I just I just sit here and I just just let people just talk crazy because I'm like, y'all don't know what y'all talking about, but I digress. So, and another point I want to make quickly is that every topic that I have discussed today, it has caused a little bit of a rift on social media and people saying that the Olympics are anti-black because they are doing all these things against black people. And while I do think that the Olympics needs to change some of their um, regulations and rules, I've also noticed that the people on social media are the ones that are mad. Um, The athletes are well aware of everything that's going on, but they still are participating in the Olympics. So if they not mad, why are you mad? They still going down there. The biggest athletes in the country are still going to Olympics, despite everything that's going on. Shakari, she see y'all, you know, people talking about I stand with Shakari. Shakira don't need you to stand with her because she already made her decision and you best believe she's going to accept that position on that team to run that relay. So Shakira is fine. Shakira isn't mad. The people on social media are the ones that's mad. Skyler Diggins just made the U.S. women's team. Kevin Durant will be playing for um, Team USA in basketball. Allison Felix will be going to her fifth Olympics. These black athletes are well aware of what's going on with the Olympics and their rules, but they are still going out because they have dreams to be Olympians. So if they are okay with it, then people on social media need to be okay with it. People saying ban the Olympics or boycott the Olympics, but the athletes are still going. So whether you watch or not, they still going up there to try to get their medal. So I'm just saying people just be putting in so much effort to a situation when the people that it's affecting aren't really putting the same effort. So that's why I just look at things and I just go ahead and read it. And I don't really take it too seriously because like they're not taking it seriously. Why am I about to raise my blood pressure about a situation and you not even mad? So I'm going to be right there July 26th when it starts. I believe it starts July 26th. I watch the Olympics all day. I watch gymnastics. I watch track and field. I watch basketball. I watch beach volleyball, regular volleyball, cycling. I watch it all. So I will be there watching and see these black athletes do what it they have always done. Because that's another point I want to make. 
people are acting like this is black athletes, black women first time in the Olympics. No, black women and black athletes have been dominating the Olympics for years, especially in track and field. We're not going to act like Flojo don't exist. We're not going to act like Del- Gail Devers doesn't exist. We're not going to act like Marion Jones don't exist, even though, you know, she had her own issues, but we're not going to act like she didn't exist. We're not going to act like Justin Gatlin didn't exist. Tyson Gay, Allison Felix, Sian Richards Ross, Carmelita Jetter, Tori Bewey. Even the black athletes that aren't from the U.S., we're not going to act like Usain Bolt don't exist, Shelly Ann Frazier, Veronica Cam- Campbell-Brown, Elaine. We're not going to act like Elaine Johnson doesn't exist. We're not going to act like black people have not been represented in the Olympics. We're not going to act like Simone Manuel was the first black woman to win in 100 meters a gold medal in swimming. We're not going to act like Gabby Douglas was the first black woman to win the all-around gymnastics competition. We're not going to act like Simone Biles is going to her first Olympics. We're not going to act like all the great athletes in the men's and women's basketball, this is their first time, and other sporting events that they have. We're not going to act like 2016 and before did not happen. Black athletes have been dominating the Olympics. And they will continue to dominate the Olympics. So we're going to make sure that we also acknowledge those that came before this group in 2020. And we're going to give those people their flowers as well. But because without them, these people that's coming up now would not even be in the situation, you know, that they're in as far as getting exposure. So that's all I want to say. That's all I have for today's episode. I really do hope you all enjoyed today's episode. Once again, if this was your first time listening... Thank you so much for joining me. If you are a returning listener, thank you so much for joining me again. And I will see you all next time for episode six.